the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is Cornerstone Connection, the radio ministry of Pastor Gary Hamrick of Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. Pastor Gary is teaching through Jeremiah. You know what happened when he had the courage to stand for what was right? And to just say, listen, I'm, I'm in God's hands and I'm just here to tell the truth. And When he trusted the Lord and stood his ground and spoke the truth, God defended him. And God protected him. And God took care of him. Because the verses following tell us that the people came to their senses. And the people started realizing. We all face various situations in our lives. In order to deal with these situations, we frequently resort to lying. We tend to lie our way out of situations, whether at work or in relationships, in order to avoid reality or face the consequences. Is this pleasing to God? Pastor Gary explains how to seek the way of speaking the truth in every situation in today's message. You may face difficult situations in your life, but by trusting in the Lord and speaking the truth, you can stand out from the people around you. At the close of Pastor Gary's message today, I'll be sharing with you how you can get a copy of today's broadcast of Cornerstone Connection. Subscribe to the podcast or get in touch with us. But for now, let's join Pastor Gary in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 26, as he continues his message, Stand for What is Right. Why does it often take a crisis to make us turn to God? So this is not unique to the Jews in this story. This is our story. The Jews in Jeremiah's day didn't want to be confronted about their sin. They didn't want to hear what Jeremiah had to say. So they attempted to have him killed. You don't like the message, you know the saying, kill the messenger. And they didn't like the message, and so they wanted to kill the messenger. So it tells us here in this chapter, they gather around him, a mob forms around him. He's on the Temple Mount area, telling the people what God put in his heart. Then this mob circles him. They seize him, is what the story tells us here in verse 8. And, and they say, you must die. They just, they want the guy killed. So they, they took him to the officials who were sitting at the gate. Now this is typical. In those days, there would be officials of a town, elders of a town, who would sit at the gates of the town, and that would be a place where they would gather to make civil judgments or, or criminal judgments. They would serve like judges in a court of law. And so the officials here, this mob has gathered and up Jeremiah and seized him, and so they make their way to the gates because they know what's going to happen. We're going to be called upon to make a, a judicial decision here about what to do with Jeremiah. And so the the officials are gathered there at the gates. And the people then appeal to the officials 
Uh, look at verse 11 again. It says, And then the priests and prophets said to the officials and all the people, This man should be sentenced to death because he has prophesied against this city. You have heard it with your own ears. Now, it's very interesting. What's their accusation against him? This guy has prophesied against this city. You see, when you can't refute what the guy is saying as from the Lord, then what you need to do is trump up other charges, and the charges they trump up is that he isn't patriotic, that this is treason against his own country, because he's calling for the destruction of the country. He's not calling for the destruction of the country. He's just saying, again, this is going to be one of the unintended consequences. Jerusalem's going to be destroyed if we don't turn to God. And so they make this accusation that he's not being patriotic here. If you go around warning people that their sin against God will result in the collapse of their country, and people will start to say, you're not a true patriot, that you don't have the best interest of your country in mind if you're predicting such disaster against your own people. And so this is their argument for killing him. But Jeremiah replies with great courage and great conviction here. Why don't you look at the next verses with me, verses 12 through 15. In verse 12, it says, And then Jeremiah said to all the officials and all the people, this is his defense, he's just, he's just going to make a statement here. The Lord sent me to prophesy against this house and this city all the things you have heard. Now reform your ways and your actions and obey the Lord your God. Then the Lord will relent and not bring the disaster he has pronounced against you. As for me, I'm in your hands. Do with me whatever you think is good and right. Be assured, however, that if you put me to death, you will bring the guilt of innocent blood on yourselves and on this city and on those who live in it. For in truth, the Lord has sent me to you to speak all these words in your hearing. That's what he says to them. Man, I love the courage of this guy. Just, I mean, half the, half the city wants to kill him. The prophet, quote, pro, other prophets, quote, want to kill him. The priests want to kill him. He's on this trial in front of the officials at the city gate. And he just basically says, listen, I'm just going to be faithful to say what God's told me to say. You can do with me what you want. If you kill me, you're going to have innocent blood on your hands. But all I know is, and this is the end of verse 15, for in truth, the Lord has sent me to to you to speak all these words in your hearing. He didn't run. He stood his ground. And he he didn't care what the personal cost would be. He just wanted to stand his ground for what was right. And he wanted to be faithful to tell the truth. And you know what happened when he had the courage to stand for what was right? And to just say, listen, I'm, I'm in God's hands and I'm just here to tell the truth. And when he trusted the Lord and stood his ground and spoke the truth, God defended him. And God protected him. And God took care of him. Because the verses following tell us that the people came to their senses and the people started realizing, hey, remember when Micah the prophet a hundred years before Jeremiah said similar things to us in the days of King Hezekiah? Nobody killed him. And you know what happened? Nobody killed him. And the people actually turned for a season, for a time, and God relented and he didn't bring disaster upon us 
So that was kind of a good thing. We didn't kill the prophet Micah, same Micah who wrote the book of Micah. We didn't kill that guy, and, and it went, went okay for us. If we kill Jeremiah, it probably won't turn out as good for us. We're going to bring disaster on ourselves. Look at what they say here, verse 16. Then the officials and all the people said to the priests and the prophets, this man should not be sentenced to death. He has spoken to us in the name of the Lord our God. Some of the elders of the land stepped forward and said to the entire assembly of people, Micah of Moresheth prophesied in the days of Hezekiah, king of Judah. And he told all the people of Judah, this is what the Lord Almighty says. Zion will be plowed like a field. Jerusalem will become a heap of rubble. The temple hill a mound overgrown with thickets. Did Hezekiah, king of Judah, or anyone else in Judah put him to death? Did not Hezekiah fear the Lord and seek his favor? And did not the Lord relent? so that he did not bring the disaster he pronounced against them, we are about to bring a terrible disaster on ourselves. So they come to their senses. This is a good thing. They realize we can't kill Jeremiah because it worked well for us when we heeded about 100 years ago when our people heeded the warning of the prophet Micah in the days of King Hezekiah. So we better learn from that and not kill this guy. Or else, verse 19 we're going to be bringing terrible disaster on ourselves. Now, in addition, here in this little kangaroo kangaroo court that's happening here at the entrance of the gate, in addition to these people saying these good things, a guy steps up and gives Jeremiah basically a character reference. Uh, We don't know too much about this guy, but he's mentioned in the last verse of this chapter, verse 24, his name is Ahikam. And Ahikam steps up, verse 24, says, Furthermore, Ahikam, son of Shaphan, supported Jeremiah, and so he was not handed over to the people to be put to death. And so Jeremiah goes untouched, and he escapes death, all because God protected him. Because Jeremiah was willing to stand his ground and not run and be true to what was right, and to honor God. Whenever we do that, God will take care of us. We have to stand our ground in these days for what is right. We can't be running from the truth. We have to be the light that shines in a dark world. Now, inserted into this story is this little parenthetical commentary, some verses I skipped, in in our reading through chapter 26, you may have noticed. I want to draw your attention to verses 20 to 23. Now, in your Bibles, if you have an NIV version, that's what I'm reading from, verses 20 to 23 are in parenthesis. You notice that? It's a parenthetical commentary inserted in the middle of this life-threatening scene concerning Jeremiah. And it tells us in these verses, I'm going to read them in a, moment, in a moment, but let me set it up for you. It tells us that there's another prophet by the name of Uriah, an obscure, unknown prophet, not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible except here. There's other Uriahs mentioned in the Bible, but not this guy. This guy's only mentioned here. This is it. He, it tells us that he's a prophet sent by God. He's a legit prophet. It tells us that he also prophesies the same thing Jeremiah is saying. You have to remember, Jeremiah's not the only voice in that day. There are other prophets. There are other prophets who are called by God, just not as popular or as well-known as some of the major prophets. This guy was one of those good prophets. His name is Uriah. Let me read his story, though. It doesn't work out as well for him. Verse 20. 
Now, Uriah, son of Shemaiah from Kiriath-Jerim, was another man who prophesied in the name of the Lord. He prophesied the same things against this city and this land as Jeremiah did. When King Jehoiakim and all his officers and officials heard his words, the king sought to put him to death. But Uriah heard of it and fled in fear to Egypt. King Jehoiakim, however, sent Elnathan, son of Akbar, to Egypt, along with some other men. They brought Uriah out of Egypt and took him to King Jehoiakim, who had him struck down with a sword and his body thrown into the burial place of the common people. Why is that right here? I'll tell you why this is right here. You guys see the contrast? It's put right here in this story, in the middle of this life-threatening scene with Jeremiah, some unknown, obscure prophet by the name of Uriah appears here, not mentioned anywhere else in the Bible, and he shows up in this scene here as a sharp contrast to Jeremiah and as a strong warning to us. Here are two men, Uriah and Jeremiah, both called by God, both saying the same things from God, both being true to God to say the tough stuff. Okay? But when confronted, when confronted and threatened, one runs, Uriah, one stands his ground, Jeremiah. And the guy that runs, Uriah, is tracked down and his head is cut off. And the guy that stands his ground is saved. And God takes care of him. Now listen, I understand. It doesn't always work out that way. I get that plenty of people in the world have stood their ground for what is right and they were still slaughtered. But if there's one thing that stands out to me as to why God inserts this little parenthetical commentary about an unknown prophet right in the middle of this life-threatening situation for Jeremiah, it's this. When you know what is right and you have convictions about things that honor God, And when truth burns in your heart like fire, no matter what others may do or others may say or think, no matter where culture drifts, no matter how unpopular it is or how crazy people think you've become or how threatening the opposition gets, stand your ground and don't run honor god speak the truth and stand for what is right that's the day we're living in and let god defend you why else would this little story be plopped in the middle of a larger story if not to exhort us about standing our ground for what is right friends it's not enough to just know the truth or even tell the truth if you don't stand for truth. What are the things that are important to you? Important to you enough in your life, your family, your community, your nation, that you are willing to stand for, to honor God. Christians have got to get serious about standing for what is right and not running and mobilizing together to stand for what is right in our nation. I'm sure by now many of you, most of you have heard there was a bill, HB 2491, that fortunately didn't make it out of subcommittee on its way to the Virginia General Assembly 
that if passed, would have made abortion legal in Virginia through the third trimester. How many of you heard about this? Delegate Kathy Tran of Fairfax, who was the chief patron of the bill, when questioned about the bill, admitted that it would permit an abortion even if the mother was dilated and in labor. When Governor Northam was interviewed about this to clarify it on WTOP, he doubled down. He went even further. He said, quote, if a mother is in labor, I can tell you exactly what would happen. The infant would be delivered. The infant would be kept comfortable. The infant would be resuscitated if that's what the mother and the family desired. And then a discussion would ensue between the physicians and the mother, end quote. This is, this is post-delivery. This is infanticide. This is insanity. Friends, listen, we have to wake up. If the church doesn't wake up, how will the light be shined in a dark world? Now, and don't, don't think, well, maybe Governor Northam didn't know what he's saying. He's, he's a pediatric neurosurgeon. He knows exactly what he's saying. He's talking about the idea that a decision could be made regarding a baby post-delivery. If you don't think I'm angry, I'm holding back. I'm holding back. Friends, if somebody said publicly, you know what? I had a litter of, of puppies. My dog had a litter of puppies, and we don't want all of these. And so we're going to take a couple of them, put them in a burlap bag with some rocks, and throw them into the river. People's heads would explode. But now we're having conversations about whether or not babies can be delivered, and then there can be a discussion. There can be a discussion as whether the baby should live or not. Friends, we better wake up. And we better say the hard stuff and stand for what is right in our day and not care what other people think. And by the way, you know, listen, two weeks ago, if you were here, I, I took Sanctity of, of Human Life Sunday to present what I hoped was a balanced, truthful, grace-filled teaching on how sacred life is to God. And how there is forgiveness for women who have had abortions and men who have been a party to it. And I, and I got tremendous responses and, and, and a lot of wonderful accolades for Cynthia, who was willing to tell her story. And I thank you for that. And I, and I thanked her over and over again. But I get downright angry when politicians try to advance legislation for the killing of babies. And we had better mobilize as Christians and take a stand for what is right and vote them out. we got to take a stand in our day. I'm telling you what. And you, and you just need to know, because if you live in Ashburn, your delegate, David Reed, was a co-sponsor of that bill. And if you live in here in, in Leesburg, like I do, Delegate Wendy Goditis was also a co-patron of that bill. And I'm calling them out, because they're accountable to us. And don't think it's over, because even though it failed in the subcommittee, they vowed to bring it back next year. So you come November 2019, November this year, you remember Reed and Goditis. You remember their names. If you forget, I'll remind you come November. <laughs> I'll remind you. Because this is insanity. The New York legislature just passed similar me measures in New York. And Governor Cuomo signed it into law. And you Google it. You can go and see the New York state legislature cheered and applauded loudly in the chambers 
when that bill was passed. This is the kind of insanity that our country has reached at this point. And Christians had better be more like Jeremiah instead of Uriah. We need more Jeremiah's in our day. They're going to stand up and say, I'm going to trust God because I'm going to stand for what's right. I'm not going to run. God will take care of you. God will be honored. As long as we honor God, that's all we have to care about. We have to make sure we're honoring God, fearing God more than we fear people. And by the way, it's not just standing for political or social issues. It's standing for what is right in your own life, in your own home, where you work. We need to be asking ourselves, are we standing for what is right in our marriage? Or are we wanting to run, even when it's hard? Stand for what honors God. Stand what is, for what is right in your home, when your kids don't like the house rules. But you know you're just trying to protect them from the crushing culture and instill in them Christian values and biblical principles. Stand for what is right on the job, even when the threat of being fired because you refuse to compromise your standards. You know, after the Jews fulfill their 70 years of captivity in Babylon and they eventually get to go back to their homeland, they have to rebuild. And in the rebuilding project of the walls of Jerusalem under the leadership of Nehemiah, that's all recorded in the book of Nehemiah. Brick by brick, the people just start to rebuild the city and rebuild the walls and rebuild their lives. But they were under constant attack and constant derision from neighboring people who were opposed to them, who didn't share their common values and didn't worship their God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It was just constantly a barrage of, of just attack. You know, you know what it was mainly when you read the book of Nehemiah? It was basically psychological warfare. You had neighboring nations that were constantly just with their words attacking and then threatening with warfare. And the people became discouraged, and the people became weary. You know, it's easy to become battle-weary sometimes, and I think increasingly more as Christians. Fight battle fatigue, because we're in a war, and wherever there is good, and wherever there is good because there is God, there's always going to be opposition to good and to God. And Nehemiah, seeing that his people were growing weary from all of this constant barrage of just constant verbal uh, attacks and, and just the threat of warfare as the people are trying to rebuild their city and rebuild their lives and just they wanted to honor God and they wanted to live for the glory of God. Nehemiah would say to them in Nehemiah 4.14, he says, after I looked things over, I stood up and I said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome. And fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, and your homes. He challenged them. Don't be afraid. Stand for God and fight for what is right. Stand your ground. Don't run. There will always be opposition to what is good and right and holy. Because there will always be opposition to God. And even in our own lives, we might be tempted to run because we're battle-weary and we're discouraged. But in a day that is getting darker, God is looking for more Jeremiah's, not Uriah's. People who will stand for what is right and trust God to defend them. Remember, Paul would say in Ephesians 6, 13, Therefore put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground, and after having done everything, to stand. Oh, no, no. 
That's all we have for today's edition of Cornerstone Connection. If you'd like to listen to this message from Jeremiah again, or if you'd like to explore other messages from Pastor Gary, just visit our website, cornerstoneconnection.cc. Under the teachings option, you can download our mobile app to stay connected with God's Word everywhere you go. You will also find our companion resources. These digital study guides are meant to give you even more insight into some of the studies Pastor Gary has done and are available free of charge to you. While you're there, take a minute to subscribe to our podcast on Spotify so you never miss another message. You'll also find links with more information about the church behind this ministry, Cornerstone Chapel in Leesburg, Virginia. If you're in the area, we'd love to meet you in person. Come visit us. You'll find service times and more information about Cornerstone Chapel at cornerstoneconnection.cc. With that, our time with you has come to an end for today. So put a marker in your Bible where we left off today in Jeremiah and make plans to join Pastor Gary next time. Thanks again for listening to today's teaching right here on Cornerstone Connection. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.